0: Wine there. Ho, 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 ho. Merry Christmas! Ho, ho, ho. Happy Hanukkah! <laughs> yeah.
1: What other holidays are there this time of year?
0: Kwan- uh, K- Kwanzaa. 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 Christmas, Hanukkah, the big three. Yeah. Now, I uh, I was
1: driving over here and I was thinking about you because I know you don't really believe in holidays.
0: I w- no no no, I don't believe in them. Right. I I don't get a tree anymore. Right. You know? And did I don't, you, now, did you put the
1: kibosh a, on the tree?
0: Because uh, if you... Or would she have had a tree, your wife, every year? We had a tree every year. Right. You know, so. tree, and I don't get a big menorah. Right. It's not like I don't believe in it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but I, Hanukkah is kind of lame, right? I mean... No, I imagine Back I, I,
0: when you were Jewish, you didn't like Hanukkah, right? Well, number one, I'm still Jewish. Oh, I, you are? I'm not an ex-Jew. I didn't, you know, shed my skin. Oh, I got you. But... Uh, as a kid, are you kidding? You get eight gifts, one every night. It was fantastic. Okay, so you did get one gift a night. eight Absolutely, wow. Yeah. So,
1: we, what were the eight gifts like? On one, ha- do you remember? Like one night was undies, one night was socks, one night was like an Afro comb, one night was a drum kit. Like, how did it work out?
0: That's exactly what happened. That that one Hanukkah, I was four years old, and I walked in and I saw a drum kit. This little tiny blue. Drum kit set up in the living room of my grandparents' house. Oh wow! And I walked in and I went, "Wow, really?" And, I, and my parents effed with me and they said, "Yeah, that's for your cousin Danny." Oh! And I started crying and said, "No, no, 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 no! It's for you! It's for you! It's for you!" And that was that <laughs> so was mean. M- that be, that and Ringo, yeah, seeing a Hard Day's Night planted the seed for me to be a drummer. I'll but I, I got I got my first kit for Hanukkah at four years old
1: that's a great great anecdote it's the truth what it, is Hanukkah
0: what, what are the so it's eight nights it's when they're celebrating eight nights that like, guy thank you very much I gotta <laughs> <laughs> I gotta be a Jew right now just Wikipedia um, it's it's when they had enough oil back in the day they thought was going to last for a night to heat the room and light the room and it lasted for eight nights and so it was a miracle, mm-hmm. and, and that's why Hanukkah's eight nights. And that's why you light the menorah, because uh, it's a symbol of the oil lasting for eight nights yeah. and heating up everything. I and,
1: mean, once my Jewish stepdad, Tom, aka Pops, came along when I was like 11, that's when I entered your family, and all of a sudden, we had a menorah in our house. Mm-hmm. I thought it was great. I had no idea what it meant. I knew it had to do with eight nights, and I knew we lit the candle eight nights, and I loved lighting the candle. But like I, like I just asked, I don't think to this day I knew what the significance was.
0: Right. I mean, you just kind of do the traditions without a lot of people don't even know why right. they're doing this and they're doing that. And right. I'm not saying I know everything. Right. But it isn't also, you know, as I've gotten older. Right. I'm not a practicing sure, sure. religious guy of anything. Right, right.
1: But Christmas is also kind of atmospheric, and like if your wife wanted to have the tree up, so what did you do? Did you just one year say, I don't think we're going to do the tree this year, get rid of
0: all your ornaments? She did. She did it? Yeah. I'm the one that would say, hey, you want to get a tree? And she said, no, (laughs) (laughs) I'm good. And then we haven't gotten a tree since.
1: (laughs) So you don't like lights and and knickknacks and um, Santa Claus, well, we know your deal with Santa Claus. Uh, he thinks that the Coke
0: company invented Santa Claus, and we got into a huge fight about it in Wine Country. It invented the Coca Cola company invented the version of Santa that Americans see. Okay, so that's great because it, it was all marketing, right? So every Santa in the mall who's wearing
1: red is a Coca Cola Santa, pretty much. A, FYI, yeah, pretty much. But yeah. um, all right, but but once she said, "Nah, I don't want the tree," and you're like, "Well, I don't. I'm not religious, so I'm not going to have a menorah around." So it's just like every year. These days, the month of December, it's just another
0: month. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, on Halloween, you I mean, I, any... I
0: call all my friends and wish them happy holidays. Well, that's nice. and we even send out a, a I do like of, your I do like your we card. send out an end of the year card. Right. <clears throat> my boy voice is going right end of the year card to okay. say happy holidays right. and healthy new year. Right. And this is, you know, maybe we take a a card from one of the trips we've been on. Sure, sure. And sure. we say You know, peace. Right. Peace be with you, you sentient being.
1: I know you don't do egg hunts on Easter. but But you don't even put a pumpkin out for Halloween. Like, you don't do any of that. It's kind of crazy.
0: We don't do it anymore. Right. To say we've never done it, yes. We did the pumpkin. We did the tree. So it is safe to say that you have completely lost all holiday spirit in your life. (laughs) No. Is that not fair to say? I, I just don't do a lot of symbolism. Oh. I have a spirit. Oh, okay. You know, I give gifts. I just gave you
1: a gift. You did. You gave me a beautiful bottle of wine. I didn't even look at it, but thank you so much. You got to look at it.
0: It might not even be... A bottle of wine. Oh, I mean, it wasn't a wine bag. It it wasn't a wine. wine, It did. It might be a
1: bottle of sparkling wine. It could be anything.
0: Well, thank you very much. It could be a can of, um, you know, car lubricant.
1: Listen, uh, Nicole, my wife and I, we've let go of a lot of traditions just out of necessity. Like pre-plague, every Christmas Eve. We would go to Benihana, Japanese Steakhouse, and we would sit there and the chef would come and flip the shrimp tail in the air and the onion volcano and all that. We loved it. Get a couple Christmas cocktails. Then the plague hits. and the first year, 2020, oh, Lorenzo, it was so depressing. Nicole goes, well, obviously Hana' is closed, but they're still doing takeout. Well, OK, Benihana is in Encino, our Benihana. We live in North Hollywood. It's about a half hour to 40 minutes away, especially with traffic on Christmas Eve. I'm like, so you're telling me we're going to get Benihana takeout? Yes. So that's what we did. We ordered all the usual things we order. We drove all (laughs) the way out to Encino. We picked it up. We brought it all the way back home. We plated it up and it was awful.
0: Did you do a home volcano with the onion rings and burn your house down? (laughs) (laughs) We said, well, uh, because we've
1: lost a lot of things since the plague. Like a lot of restaurants we loved went under. Right. A lot of traditions we loved went Mm. under. A lot of ideas and plans that we had tanked. So now, this year, where are we? 2022? So it's been two years since that. We didn't go last year. We ordered in pizza on Christmas Eve. And this time, Nicole goes. Well, wait a th- wait a second. Do you think maybe we should try to go to? And sh- she couldn't even get get the words out before she knew sh- it was not going to happen. I am never going to Benihana again. I'm not because the steam from everyone's face rivals the steam of the food being prepared. <laughs> the fog coming out of everyone's fucking diseased, ridden mouth and lungs is blanketing our food.
0: So, f- to you, the pandemic has made Benihana's nothing but a blanket of filth.
1: Correct. The whole the whole fun steep, of it is
0: gone. The fun. The, the, the food template. is contaminated. <laughs> the knives they're using are yeah. basically you know basically lined with everyone's Correct. sweat and Correct. glum and odor odor and, sheen right
1: um, pores and it's just awful. And you know uh, Benihana, those Japanese steakhouses. You're sitting at a big table with right. a lot of strangers. We've been stuck with some sketchy folks at our table, and I can't even imagine whether or not they're medicated, vaccinated, protecting themselves, protecting others. You know, you just don't know. So we're out. We're not going anywhere. We're staying at home. We're going to go to the markets. We're going to fill up the fucking fridge. I'll be flipping the pancakes and cracking open the eggs. Nicole's going to make fondue. We'll probably order pizza again and uh, lay low.
0: Albeit, that sounds really fun. Yeah. You could even invite me over for that. You're not coming to that. Oh, thanks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you have your family in town. But it
0: saddens me that Benny Honor for you is, is a no no. Because I grew up with it too, and it was always so fun and delicious. And the guy is flinging, right. you know, the, the shrimp into his hat. And, oh, it's the best. You know, and he would actually play, he would take the knives, almost play them like drumsticks yeah. and, you know, going, you know, Listen, I'm not. I'm it was not, always great. I know. I'm not I th- bet it's safe, man. I'm
1: not saying it's completely <clears throat> over, but it's close to being mostly over. Of course, it's safe for you because you'll, you go into nightclubs. I went into a theater the other night, dude. Sunday night, um, I was in a theater, the Ricardo Montalban Theater in Hollywood. And it was the first time since March of 2020 that I had been in a theater. And who'd you see? I saw... The Empire Strips Back. What is that? It's a burlesque show with a Star Wars theme. (laughs) Was it good? It was fabulous. It was a nice surprise from Brett's wife, Sarah. She bought the tickets and uh, six of us went and I was like, we're doing this. I got to tell you, we were on the balcony, essentially, and we were pretty isolated from people. They were all wearing their masks in my party, but of course I had a couple of adult beverages going on. I lowered my mask in the steamy theater and took a couple of slugs and a beverage. I was proud of myself. And you survived. Look at your hair. I'm still here. Wow. Cut to
0: me testing positive for COVID tomorrow. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> so, Speaking yeah. Speaking of testing positive, I got to get personal here. Hit me. Because you just got back from a family soiree oh lord and we haven't talked about it dude and you went back to see your family in uh dallas texas Mm -mm. where no lenexa kansas oh you went to kansas correct oh everybody met over there yes well tell me about kansas okay how is the whole brood
1: well i have to preface it with getting to kansas so the idea is every year um I would go down to see my sister and her family, my nephews, her husband, and my mother, my stepdad, Ashley's besties, Sarah and Crystal, me, we all flew in, and we would just have a blowout weekend down in Dallas. So that usually happened every January. So I have not seen my stepfather since January, had not seen him since January of 2020, okay? So then last year, 2021, if you can believe it, I got on a plane, I flew to Dallas, but it was more in like February because my mom and I had to relocate my grandma Patty, my mom's mom, to Lenexa, Kansas, where my mom and stepdad live after her husband died, Gramps. So this year I said, well, fuck, I was talking to Tom, AKA Pops, my stepdad, and he goes, and I said, I, I said to him, I said, what if I came out there for Thanksgiving? I don't, it just came out. And he goes, It's a great idea, I'll buy your ticket. That's how I do my stepdad. So he I said, Oh, you don't have to buy my ticket. He buys my ticket. And he goes, Guess what? You're flying out of Burbank. Oh my god, Burbank, that's great. I don't have to go to LAX. And but Lorenzo, I never fly on holidays. Never. never. Not Thanksgiving or Christmas. Not ever. I said, Wow, I really am going to do this. I'm gonna do this. I'm going to man up. I'm going to get some masks. If I have to wear the mask on the plane, I'll do it. But I'm going to go. And I'm going to go through the crowds and go through security. Dude, I had layovers each way. One was in Dallas on the way there. And one on the way back was in Phoenix. Layovers. I haven't had layovers since the 90s. So I said, all right, we're doing this. My sister catches wind. She goes, we're coming up too. So she came up. (laughs) with uh my nephews and her husband now crystal and sarah they already live out there because you know that's where my sister grew up in lenexa because my parents decided they wanted to you know my mom was born in kansas her mother patty grandma patty was born in kansas everyone's back in kansas now so my sister who uh left la uh when she was going into high school they said we want to raise her in the midwest so she went to K-State, and she was a Wildcat cheerleader, and all she met all her friends there, and then she moved to Texas. So I don't know what that's about. The point is, we were all together. There were multiple houses, multiple events going on, multiple thises, multiple that is. On the flight out, I went completely deaf in my right ear. I land in Dallas, and I'm panicking. I am deaf from the, the American Airlines flight... It was so painful and so much pressure on my head. Now, mind you, in my early 20s, I had sinusitis so bad my whole life. I flew with Nicole uh, from Florida. Around New Year's Eve, we flew back to L.A. And my head exploded. Basically, I had no insurance. Um, We got back to L.A. Something was really wrong. I was having 30 toothaches. I couldn't see. My eyeball was popping out of my head. And my then girlfriend Nicole comes and finds me in the bathtub at like 3am running water over my head because I was in such pain. And I was thinking that the bathtub water would take the pain away and it didn't. She goes, we have to get you to the ER. Like I said, didn't have insurance. So I said, call Dr. Epstein, my buddy Steve, who I grew up with. His dad's a doctor. He said, bring him in. Dude, I went in there. He surveyed me. He goes to Nicole, had you not brought him in if you brought him in an hour later, he'd be dead. Wow. I almost died from pressure on a plane. So,
0: Why are you flying at all?
1: So you can imagine, because I've flown a lot since, and I've never had the problem again. I thought back then, God, i got to get tubes in my ears. i got to do something. i got to have decongestants. I, well, I haven't flown in a long, long time, so I didn't think about any of that. So by the time I got to Dallas this past uh, Thanksgiving trip, Boy, oh boy, it was bad. I couldn't hear out of my right ear at all. And I'm like, well, hopefully the popping will go away. So I'm texting my stepdad. He's like, hey, you got to get earplanes. You know what those are? No. They're little, you know, rubber earplugs, but they screw in. And basically it's sort of like preemptively plugging your head so you don't get worse head plug from a plane. (laughs) Made no sense. It makes no sense. How does the pressure get out? Didn't work. Uh, well, y- you're supposed to put them in before you get on the plane, right? Mm-hmm. So, so you're, you're basically deaf anyway because you've got earplugs in your ears.
0: Didn't work. I am not doing that.
1: No. It didn't work, and uh, I was fucked, and, um, and I was deaf in my right ear half the trip. It took forever for my ears to pop. When I flew home... I was like, all right, hopefully that your planes will work this time and the pressure won't be as bad. It was worse, and I lost all hearing in my left ear. <laughs>
0: wow. Yeah.
1: So that's the bookend of just getting and just going. Just getting everything in yeah.
0: between yeah. was probably a living hell.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I just want to turn the camera on for a second.
0: So here is where things hmm. got really weird. You fly to Kansas. Fly to Kansas. You can only hear out of one side. I'm staying at my folks'
1: place. I'm hanging out with pops. I'm hanging out with my mom, your sister, my sister. I'm your seeing nephews. My nephews. There's everyone's hungover. I arrive in chaos, and I loved it because I love my favorite Christmas movie of all time is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Have you at least seen that? You yes, are, I have. Holiday hater. That's no, I love all the movies. Movie. The, That's a funny movie.
0: It is a funny movie. <laughs> I love it. So I kind of wanted because that because you chaos. I know you you love entropy. You if the holidays have <laughs> What's What's entropy? Uh, it's it's the national national it's the natural state for things to fall apart. <laughs> so if there is a holiday entropy yes. and it's slowly degrading yes, and yes, it's yes. slowly going to shit. Right. That is your happy place.
1: Yeah well, I mean I don't wanna, I want to I I don't want to suffer an experience like that. But I will tell you this, it was extremely profound, Lorenzo, on Thanksgiving Day, to be sitting at a table, looking around, there were 14 people there. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting directly across from my 93-year-old grandmother at Thanksgiving. Unfortunately, my you know wife stayed behind and took care of Barney Fife and stuff, but I'm there Everyone's passing around the stuffing and the potatoes and pops made a great turkey and it was moist and delicious and we're laughing and and there's pies and all kinds of shit. I was so busy taking in my surroundings and listening to people, I missed all the food. I didn't get any stuffing. I got barely one piece of turkey and then I just wanted a piece of pumpkin pie and that was
0: clobbered by uh, everyone. So you love the death and destruction But what made you happy is that you're living at that moment in a Norman Rockwell painting. Correct. And that
1: made you happy. I'm in Kansas. So there is a little kernel. I'm
0: looking at your torso right now. Down there, there is... Ooh, he's looking at my torso. I am. There's a little kernel of happiness, a little bit. There was some comfort and joy, uh, comfort and joy. With
1: people that you love. Even the fact that there was a fucking football game on the TV all goddamn day. And just, you smell the turkey, the football game's going, people are hungover, I wasn't hungover, but I'm drinking, my my, my stepdad went out and bought a fire pit to try to recreate the fire pit experience we have uh, when we go down to see my sister and her husband, so we're all sitting around a fire pit, you smell the wood burning, you got family, grandma's inside watching Sebastian Maniscalco stand-up specials. It was a really
0: incredible moment. Wow.
1: and I got to tell you something And you else. got
0: no food? They ate all the food before you came out of your I, I, I was too American busy. happiness coma? I was too de- <laughs>
1: American happiness coma! Yeah, yeah. I, I was just so in awe. I never thought it was going to happen again. I never thought I would be around these folks for Thanksgiving. And I really wish my wife was there. But here's what I did. I got to show you this photo. But um, I said, this is this is historic. First of all, my cousin Ben... Extraordinary. He's My uh, my mom's brother, Steve, also lives in Kansas. And this is their son, uh, him and his wife, Christine's son, Ben. What a great kid. He is such a smart, bright, dashing young man. And I'm like, I'm related to this guy? I I just couldn't believe it, man. I was so full of uh, good joy and tidings for just a few minutes. And I said, this event needs to be uh, marked with a family photo. So I had to figure out how to jerry-rig for, with what I had, because I didn't bring a tripod or anything out there, because I, I didn't check a bag, I just uh, backpack, small suitcase, get the fuck out there, no tripod, let's get the whole family in the photo, let's take a big snapshot, I'll direct it, let's go. And uh, it
0: turned out great. I saw that photo. You did? Yeah. Everyone looked happy. Yeah. And uh, I have to ask, I'm not trying to be negative, but I know you. Yeah. After all that <laughs> happiness, what happened? well,
1: (laughs) so here's the thing. I hadn't been to Kansas to see my folks place since 2003. The place is great. My mom, she's crafty, arts, crafts, knickknacks. They got this hilarious new little tiny dog named Brody. He's a terrier. He was kind of in the middle of a training thing, so he's not really used to a lot of people. So there were some tensions with Brody, barking, biting. There was a little bit of um, an issue with the fact that, you know, again, I hadn't been there since 2003, and I know that the basement was no longer of use, and I wasn't sure why. Well, as it turned out, uh, I snuck down there, and I took a good look with my cousin Ben, and uh, it's, it's not in good shape, my man. And I had to think about the bigger picture here. What are my sister and I going to do if, you know, either, God forbid, mom passes away and Tom's left to fend, vice versa? What's the plan? Who's living with who? Who's going into a home and who isn't? Who's going to take care of this mess in the basement? My feeling is light a match, walk away, and my sister's like, No, no, estate sale. So it was actually on Thanksgiving night. That so you're talking about that I'm talking about death what, and yes, what are we going to do? So <laughs> what you're saying is exactly predicted because after dinner we're sitting around the fire <laughs> and my sister and I are like, What is going to happen? Do they have a will? Do they is there a plan? So it was a little uncertain. And it it, it still is, but I, I'm 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 now having to think about that stuff. As I'm sure you are. Your dad is in his 80s. Yeah. But the good news is you have your sister out there in Vegas. She's living with him. And she can really get in there and help, and she's living with them and stuff like that.
0: Thank God for my sister.
1: Thank God for Robin, but but still, you do have to deal with something sooner or later, I'm sure. Not just the loss but like figuring out all the after things, all the after things of your parents' lives.
0: It's true. Including your
1: folks here in in town. Yeah. Your mom mom and stepdad.
0: I have two sets. Right. And no one's getting any younger. Right. And what's going to happen with this and what's going to happen with that. And you know, there's obviously some money and is anyone going to fight over it and sue each other and hate each other? Correct. You know, it's
1: sad and ugly and a little scary. I'm kind of dreading like what's coming.
0: I all of that is coming. All of that is coming. And you you got to work it out now, especially the thing is, it's just you and your sister, uh-huh. just like it's just me and my sister. Uh-huh. So what really helps is you have to have a conversation with her and saying, you know, let's not bicker. Right. You know, we know that there's all this stuff. Yeah. And let's just work it out so when it happens you guys are cool you guys can have an agreement an understanding yeah and because uh, what's worse is that they're gonna be gone you guys still have to live right and you know you don't want to rift and you don't want anything um, well I gotta tell you between you guys you know what's really
1: crazy because that happens I know my sister and I we don't fight we never fought first of all I was fifteen when she came into my life and I Thought right away, oh, she's going to come in this beautiful baby and destroy everything. Like, I'm not going to have my mom anymore. And to a degree that happened. But I fell in love with her and I changed her diapers and I was there in the beginning and I was there babysitting her and stuff like that. So I've always kind of looked at her as, you know, partially my sister and partially not my daughter, but like this little being that I helped come to fruition. We don't fight ever. I mean, there's, there's been a little sarcastic jabs here and there, but I think we work very, very well together, her and I. You're a team. We are kind of a team. That's and, great. And we definitely have some good laughs behind our folks' backs, you know, <laughs> about the nonsense that well, goes yeah, on between you, them. you
0: guys can be allies, uh, allies. In, in the family.
1: I just wish I, I lived closer to her, but, th- but that is a good point. So, no, I think we're going to be okay. Good when it comes to what's going to happen with uh, mom and pops down the
0: road. Okay, well, that's good. I'm
1: confident that we will. Uh, it will be fair, and uh, yes, we will work very
0: well together. Well, safe to say, obviously, you're here, and we're doing this, this recording, so you survived your family. Yes. You survived whatever filth and germs and bacteria that group of people had in the house that you were staying with. You didn't get sick. Well, no, I eventually got sick when I got you, home. You think that was because of them? Oh, yes, yes, yes.
1: <laughs> so they did make you sick. Oh, yes. Well, well, that, it wasn't just there. So this, this was actually the highlight. So the day after Thanksgiving, we went downtown. I took everyone to lunch. We went on the Kansas City Mob Tour. I got to see Sarah and Crystal. Sarah and Crystal are magnificent
0: They're friends of the family.
1: Friends of the family. They, my parents have known them since they were little girls. You know, they're my sister's best friends. I'm super close with them. So Crystal's husband, let's just say he is a very, very successful plastic surgeon. And all these years, I've never met the dude. So Saturday night after Thanksgiving, I was invited over to Crystal's new house. And I got to meet the plastic surgeon, Lorenzo. There were so many kids in that house running around because Crystal has kids. Ashley's got, you know, my nephews, her sons. Then there were kid friends. Kids, I have I was warned sufficiently. You are going to get sick because kids are filled with germs. <laughs> They're crawling all over me. I'm having fun with them. There's wrestling. There's laughing. There's sneezing. There's... Uncle Max is here, and you're... there's nudity. Kids run around naked. I forgot.
0: Oh, I haven't. They been don't around,
1: care. I haven't been around naked children since I changed my sister's diaper, or put it in the tub. I'm not used to naked kids running around and sticking their little assholes. And are
0: they crawling on you all naked and? Well, no that that didn't because okay. that, that gets kind of no that it's... I wouldn't have right.
1: If any kid came at me naked, I I would. You're I would, you're I, running. You I'd, should.
0: I'd, I'd kick it. <laughs>
1: No, so once the kids were settled down, it was adult time. And just understand that uh, this doctor friend is uh, extremely successful, and he owns his own school, and I follow the school on Instagram. And uh, do you know that the main organ, if you call it, is is a human head an organ? I don't think so. Okay, well, a human head is what the students... Um,
0: Practice on. Practice on. Yeah, a A real cadaver head. A severed human head. Mm. Are you
1: fucking kidding
0: me? Well, what else are they going to practice on? Well,
1: I don't know. And because it's tastefully done and because there's a lot of rules, the heads are blurred out in these photographs. So for years, I was like, I got to see the heads. I got to see the heads. Well, you'll see the heads on our laptop someday under supervision. I can't just show you a head, it's disrespectful. Anyway, I got to see a head. Not a real head, but I got to see a photo of one, and it was fascinating. They sew the lips shut with like three sutures, right? And then sometimes their eyes are open, but the eyeballs are still in the skull. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Creepy. Yeah, and they... Did you know the intricacies of the face are fucking mind-blowing, dude? There's so many levels and layers. So this mm-hmm. doctor dude created this award-winning video. I shit you not, we're hanging out in his at-home humidor room and lounge, smoking the finest cigars, drinking the dandiest of bourbons. I'm on the laptop with him and he is showing me a video of him that he shot against a green screen with a whole team. He is shrunken down to the size of a little teeny tiny guy and he actually walks inside of a real human head That's and takes ve- you on a journey.
0: That's very cool. <laughs> that sounds like I, I'm i sensing your next short film is going to be inspired by this.
1: It was inappropriate to bust out wood down below, but I did. I was like so, t- not turned on, but I'm like, this
0: is amazing. No, this is your wheelhouse, totally. This is
1: my wheelhouse. I mean, it's it's genuinely horrific, but dude, I got to tell you, I mean, since I was a kid, my mom was a nurse, right? I feel bad, I'm doing all the jibber jabbering, but she had a book called Anomalies and Curiosities of Medicine, okay? And it was all about deformities and the elephant man and missing limbs and cleft palates. So you know, this doctor, when he was in his residency, he was traveling around the world to impoverished countries with dirt floors fixing children's cleft palates
0: that is very cool and this is something that's a cool thing to do
1: oh yes and this is something that needs to be done when they're six weeks old not six years old but because they didn't have access to medicine and proper care and surgeries he was fixing six-year-old kids with cleft palates and he's showing me pictures from these experiences I don't think he ever had this. And he told me he never did. I bursted into tears. Oh, wow. You're a sensitive guy. I am. I was so moved by his work. I was moved by his vision. I was moved by his generosity and his kindness. And I got to tell you, the experience I had that night with that man surrounded by, you know, it was was great. Because, like, all the folks stayed home. So it was just like the kids are at play now. And, you know, I'm 15 20 years older than all these people, but I'm still one of the cool kids. You know Mm -hmm, what I mean? Right. So it was just really great to just interview him and talk to him and meet my friend, Sarah's husband, Conrad, who I'd never met before, get to know him a little bit. Um, You know, and like I said, they're all in their mid thirties, these guys. Right. And uh, inside the humor door lounge was this beautiful illustration of all the bonds Okay, all the James Bonds. Oh, how cool. Yeah. So, with the cigar, with the bourbon, I sat there with Conrad and the doc, and we went through all of our favorite bonds. And I guessed it because it's a generational thing. Can you guess what their bond is? If they're 35 now and their bond was in the 90s, who do you think their bond was? It's going to be Daniel Craig.
0: It's no, it's Piers. Is it really? Oh, yeah. Because he was the guy that did it the least. I know. He only did, what, like, two films? Three no, no, films? That,
1: that, that would have been Timothy Dalton. I think Piers did four, maybe. Oh, did he do four? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Of course, mine was Roger Moore, right? <laughs> the goofiest. But now mine's Dan Craig. But um, it was really interesting to see, like, oh, of course, when you were at this ripe young man age and you're starting to get out there and drink and fuck and everything else and you're, you're watching your Bond movie, you're going to emulate your
0: Bond. Right. Which was Piers for them. Right. Both of them.
1: I thought that was so funny.
0: By the way, it's Sean. Oh, yeah. Well, that's because uh, you're a fogey. No, it, it's Sean for everybody. <laughs> Trust for, me. No,
1: for yeah. everybody? <laughs>
0: yeah, it's got to be Sean.
1: Well, listen, he probably shouldn't even be in the category
0: because he is
1: the original. He was the best. He, Daniel, Roger Moore's
0: a very close second.
1: Daniel though. Craig is, is.
0: He's good for, for. He's the third one. He's, he's a good second. What one. about George Lazenby? No respect for him? <sighs> Not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, I, ga- looks- I gotta ask this: You're with all these people yeah. around this successful plastic surgery. Uh-huh. Is everybody a little nip tucked around him? Has he <laughs> done? Has he done everybody? Is his yeah. wife completely nip tucked? Even though she might be beautiful, but oh,
1: she's fucking stunning. Yes, yes. I mean, that definitely is 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 apparent. Yeah, you yeah, know, they're they're getting the good work, but hey, listen, I. I get Botox. Did he
0: offer to do you? Well, uh... Did he look at you and go, hey, great to see you, great to meet you? I could do that, and I could do your eyes. Oh,
1: I'm go. sure. I wish we would have gotten to that conversation because it would have taken him eight hours to say how we can <laughs> fix your looks. But no, um, I actually asked him, hey, you know, I'm kind of looking for a new Botox person in LA, and he's like, oh, I'll get my girl on it right away. And, but, but, but I mean, he's, he's very influential in the world.
0: Now, this is news to me. Yeah. You do Botox? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I had no idea. Eyes? For Um, what?
1: Well, I I do have bad crow's feet. Yeah? Okay, hold on. I want to to record this, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Are you surprised that I uh, have ventured into getting some Botox I'm very surprised. I had no idea.
0: Number one, you're not on camera a lot. So the fact that you might have some crow's feet... I'm on camera
1: all the time. You just don't see me. By the way, uh, for those of you who actually listen to this show... I'm on Instagram only now. So if there's any social media platform you're looking for Max Cook, it's Instagram only, period. Off Twitter, obviously Facebook done. I make videos all the time on Instagram, dude. So I definitely am on camera. I may not be in movies right now or TV shows, but I'm always on camera, right? And there is a lobotomy scar, I call it, that goes across my forehead. But there's an app for that. That I hate. I ain't putting on no app.
0: You rather get a shot in your face? I ain't no
1: phony fucking filter on my face, dude.
0: So you're, you're shooting up I'm Botox gonna shoot in your i shoot chemicals
1: skull. into my forehead <laughs> that take away, and then...
0: How long does it last, by the
1: way? Between my eyes, I've got these deep creases... Let me see. ...that look like the, Well, he, I, I just got a little treatment, so you oh. won't see
0: them. because it looks pretty good. I see something. There, I see some divots, but... There's divots and dents
1: <laughs> and all kinds of horrible shit. And then I got the crow's feet and the scrag and the... No. Botox baby okay. I love it I endorse it People say How can you put that shit Into your body I don't give a fuck Give me all the vaccines Give me all the chemicals Give me all the thises And the that's I just want to Not have that crease It looks like Someone gave me a lobotomy That's how bad The crease is In my forehead
0: How long does it last Do you get a shot And the crease goes away For a month
1: No no It lasts a good Seven eight months To oh. a year
0: Yeah Oh wow yeah. Okay I mean honestly you come in, sometimes you're wearing a skull cap like yeah. you are right now. I have never noticed the crease. I've never noticed a lobotomy crease in your face. Yeah. Well, well, I don't think
1: you're looking at me like that.
0: I'm not. But I notice, and I fucking hate it. Okay.
1: I need all the help I can get right. considering my looks. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I ain't dying my hair. You know, it's so funny. I, 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 when I was getting some, a treatment the other day for the Botox, Nicole and I go in together. And uh, we talked to this new gal, and she was really sweet. And I said, let me ask you something. You know, uh, a lot of people as they age, they kind of get the Botox to kind of smooth out the thicker lines. Do you think I should dye my hair? She's like, no, don't dye your hair. I'm like, because I see so many guys... We were watching a Duran Duran concert last night that we uh, rented that was just here in Hollywood called A Hollywood High. It's on the Veep app, right? Duran Duran por- uh, performed on a roof across the street from the Capitol Records building, okay? Oh, cool. Simon, brown hair. John Taylor, brown hair, clearly dyed. Roger Taylor. Nick, of course, Nick Rhodes, completely white hair because he's a vampire and he doesn't give a shit. I say to Nicole, see, those guys look good and their hair is dyed and my wife actually said, and she's a total Duranny. Their hair isn't dyed. Dude, Simon (laughs) LeVon is like 30 years older than me. So how is it that he doesn't have gray slash white hair? Of course they do. Yeah.
0: But, but no, no one's allowing me to dye my hair because it'll look terrible. It depends if you want to look, you know, if you're on camera besides Instagram, if you're in public, right. You know, and show business the way it is. Nobody wants to see normally people getting old. Right. It's a young person's game. Right. You know, so right. there's a lot of pressure to do whatever you can to not.
1: I mean, they're still making, um, you know, come on. I, I discovered a new show in, um, oh, my God, it's so good. Uh, I can't believe he's almost, what, 80? Sly Stallone and Tulsa King. Have you I seen heard that? That,
0: I heard it's really good. Dude, it's
1: so great. I was watching that with my folks, right? Uh, he's looking pretty good. I mean, and, you know, you got Jeff Bridges is the old man. You got uh, Book Club 2 with uh, Diane
0: Keaton, Candice Bergen, and and God knows who. Old people are still wanted. They are. And also if you are so, an actor and you're Plus playing a character actor. If you're playing an old person, you don't want to dye your hair and right. look young because right. you want to be more natural. Right. But no, but again if Diane Keaton's trying to play a 30-year-old, right. you know, which is kind of stupid, but if they casted <laughs> her, she's going to dye her hair. No,
1: they'd have to do that digital shit like yeah. they did in The
0: Irishman, you know. Yeah, or they're going to do with Harrison <laughs> Ford, you know.
1: But yeah. Oh, here's one more thing I wanted to tell you about. Do you have an air fryer? I do, actually. Okay. So I've been given the gift of an air fryer multiple times over the course of the past 15 years, right? And I don't... I, I They scare me. I'm like, I don't want to know that. I, I, I usually either give it to Goodwill or I, I pass it on to someone You just turn else. a
0: button and it cooks.
1: Dude, I've been afraid of them. I've been avoiding them. I, I, can't, I can't do air fryers. I'm in Kansas and my stepdad is in that kitchen, boy, and there's something staring at me in the corner that doesn't look like anything I've ever seen. It looked like a droid out of Star Wars. I said, what is that? Oh, it's my air fryer. I said, will you teach me how to use the air fryer? <gasps> we made chicken wings. And Lorenzo, I have seen the light. I have cooked four times since I got back from Thanksgiving. In the They're great.
0: Amazing. You don't have to use oil. Nope. It's clean. No. You don't have splatter no. and spitter. Fifth. And it's healthy. Heep! And there's there's no
1: downside. No downside. Nicole got a, a Christmas gift from one of the brokers uh, she works with. They sent a, a big box of uh, a lobster gram. Have you ever heard of this? No. Inside was a chocolate lava cake on ice, you know, clam chowder, two lobster legs, and two filet mignons. Wow. And I'm like, holy shit! And I'm like, well, I don't really do lobster, and I don't really know how to prepare lobster, so I just... I ran those legs straight downstairs to, or those lobster tails, straight downstairs to Becca with a bottle of wine.
0: Your neighbor. Who
1: was on our show. Yes. Yes. And, and you have that. And I said, I wonder if you can cook filet mignon in the air fryer. Of course you can. Of course you can. Dude, it was delicious. It's it was, easy. It was, like, it was like getting it at a restaurant.
0: It is one of the best inventions. So I'm late to the game, but. Great for frozen foods. Yeah. So good,
1: and and just to just to clarify and just to kind of wrap up here, and I appreciate you doing all mostly all the listening, but um, we've only this is only our fourth show, <laughs> in a year, so it, it just doesn't really work out for us to do more shows because you know I'm busy, but you're the guy who's like no, I am at the Aoki Gahara Forest for three <laughs> months, so I am not able to do the do. do. The fact that we get one show out a quarter, it's not bad. It's not terrible. It's not terrible, but it ain't going to get us, you know, it ain't going to put us in any sort of upper echelons of uh, podcasting. But However, do you want
0: to? Is that a desire? Well, erase? I don't
1: know. I don't know. I mean, it's something we got to talk
0: about down do you, the road. Do you, do you want this to be amped up?
1: No, it was just really. Uh, a- I would. Uh, well then, I then I would too because I really enjoy it. But also, I was really excited because we were supposed to do this last week, and I you, you got know, sick, and I had bronchitis. Basically, all the shit that was in my head from Kansas turned into bronchitis, and it was really weird. But then we rescheduled, and I'm like, I am not because I woke up today like, oh God, I got to do this and that. And that. I'm like, ain't no way I'm canceling. I want to come down here. I want to get one more in the can, and then we can look towards the future. But I gotta say. This has been the fastest year of my life. I don't know how you feel. Oh, the same. I can't believe how you, fast 2022. I just
0: think that everybody, including us, obviously, were in a pandemic fog. Yes. I don't even think we even realized the year yes. was going by. Correct. We were so caught up in trying to get over something 100%. that we weren't really living. Right. We weren't realizing the time is just going by. That's and, correct. And by the time, I mean, right now, today, this is the end of uh, 2022. Yes. Uh, going into 2023. Yes. And I think things are getting better, and we're we're coming out of our fog, and we're like, where did that last a year ago, Lorenzo? And, and but we can look forward to a nice 2023. I feel like
1: yes. I feel like I might actually start to be coming out of the plague fog, the pandemic lockdown right. sensibility. The, as much as I'm still a recluse, I do feel oddly, oddly hopeful for this new year. And I feel ready to really do something different.
0: I think you should latch on that.
1: I think Don't so. Don't let that go. I'm not going to let it
0: go. Maybe this podcast can be a hope, a glimmer of hope for Max Cook.
1: Let's not get crazy. But,
0: no, that'd be great, but I am finally
1: determined, have to do it, prioritizing, locking down, not COVID locking down, artistically locking down, and I'm going to draw a book. And wow. normally I wouldn't be talking about it because what if I don't draw a book? I have to draw a book. Set it in motion. So badly, I have to get this thing out of me that's been inside me my whole life so badly, at least the first book. By, hopefully by year's end next year, I'm going to make it my nearly full-time job. That's fantastic. A graphic novel? It's a, it's a sort of a graphic memoir, but I've already outlined it. I've already begun the process. It's, it's a little strange, the directions. It's gone one way and then it went kind of another way. But the point is the fact that I'm even drawing again, dude, I've barely drawn a doodle since 2020.
0: That's what you do. I stopped drawing. You have to get back to that. Because that's in your soul. You know what I miss? I miss your drawings of artists that we love that pass away. Yeah. And you always do a fantastic drawing of it. Yeah. You stopped doing that. I did.
1: I know. Just stopped.
0: You got to get back to it. Yeah. Because that's a big layer of uh, creativity for you. And like anything, I think the pandemic taught us, you just have to do what makes you happy. No matter what it is, just do it. Do I, it I think we all stopped doing what made us happy
1: That's right So anyone out there listening Do what makes you happy Embrace this new year And try to make the most of each and every day This is me talking
0: Wow Thank you Ladies and gentlemen Tony Robbins
1: Boy, Who, who am I talking
0: to? Oh yes are, are, well, you, uh, are you the new Max Cook? Yes of course So Is this the Botox talking? <laughs> All I need is three
1: ninety five ninety nine, dollars and I'll show you how to get back on the road to success.
0: Well, think, uh, Well, getting back on the road. Yeah. But, Max. Yes. We are in middle of December. Yes. 2022. Yes. This is the last one of the year. Yes. We're drinking wine. Yes. I am going to toast you. Very, very happy New Year to you. Happy New Year, buddy. And great to see you. You too, pal. And you survived your family. <laughs> and... Um, This is not expected. I'm getting a very hopeful, kind of a cheery Max cook today. Dare I say? I I accept it. I accept it. And I love it. So thank you for coming. Thank you. And uh, to everyone listening. To everyone listening. Do you have any final thoughts for this year? Anything to say to wrap up 2022?
1: There is no such thing as the past. It's only forward from here on out.
0: I accept that. Looking forward to everybody. Very happy New Year. Happy 2023 to everyone listening.
1: (laughs) All right, that's enough.
0: (laughs) And a hopeful Max Cook. Hopefully it will continue. All right, you're killing me now. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Everybody, stay safe. Thanks for listening.